0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to Kenya Colloquy, and this is Andrew Kolinka. I got to sit down with uh, Ian McEwen, a.k.a. Ian McCool, for my first episode of Kenya Colloquy here. This is the first episode. Welcome, welcome. Um, I got to sit down with Ian McEwen, the brains, talent, and founder of OrlandoBasedBand.org. He was a delight to chat with after I spent hours uh, exploring the band's uh, expansive catalog. I think I think he's done something like seven or eight albums at this point. He does like two a year. He's super prolific. Um, he's always writing. His house literally, I, it was like I walked into a studio. Like I walked in, the drums are set up. There's like a wall of amps off to the right, and then he's got the movie posters everywhere. It's a nice little vibe. The one that caught my eye was the the light the huge cinema lighthouse poster on the on the right wall. It's crazy, and then just like the shelf that's been root like like. Emptied out, there's no shelves in it He's just got racks and racks of cables Just dangling down It's like a noodly mess and all that stuff And I walk in and it was like I walked into like this whole vibe And after hearing the music And hearing how much of it like, you know That he had put out Walking into that and like it all just like It all just kind of like clicked And yeah, I, 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 I really wanted to bring it up. We talked about it for a little bit. Um, yeah, he's, he's trying to do like two a year. After he put out like his EP, he just wanted to like just start knocking stuff out. And for the amount of stuff he knocks out, oh my god, you need to check this band out if um, if you haven't um, already. Just have it playing like in the background of this of this, uh, thing going on here and just like soak it in. It's, he does it all himself. It's crazy. You'll hear all about it and you'll hear, um, some of the ideas and perspectives that go into his writing and recording processes. It's, for me, it was, it was really interesting to get that side of things to, to, after hearing all of this music and just diving into it and listening to it and getting really familiar with it, to walk into that, room and then to sit down and talk about the music that i listened to and the things in that room that i you know that i noticed and it was it was a whole mind-blowing experience and for my first episode i was just like blown away um i didn't think i would be able to get him i i, I remember when i was thinking about doing this podcast he would i had started listening to him we'd played a show back before everything happened, and yeah, uh, I got in, I got heavy into his music, and a couple months in, I was toying around with the idea, idea of doing the podcast, and when COVID happened, I had all this time on my hands, I was talking about it with coworkers and stuff like that, before we all got through so I had all this time, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do the thing, and I really hope I can get this guy, and, um, his band to, like, you know, meet up with me. So I uh, reached out to him, and sure enough, he was open. It was just him. I found out he was like a solo act, and I was like, "Oh my!" The whole thing just got that much crazier. So yeah, it was it was just an incredible experience. Um, walking in, talking, and just kind of hanging out with the 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 I don't know the man behind the madness. I don't know. I don't know how to, what to say there. It's just a, it. it's a weird thing. Like I've always wanted to do interviews. I like I like that aspect of the artist like being able to peer into their lives and seeing like you know how you relate to them or like you know like I said the ideas and perspectives that go into like their art um the thing that they're trying like they're thinking and feeling before they they put it down and uh I, I Put it down to tape. I, <laughs> I found out he records the Garage Band. So before he puts it down to ones and zeros, you know, just to to hear what they were trying to go for, and then looking at like listening to the product and seeing how it turned out, and just figuring that whole thing out because it's a it's like an energy transfer, you know, like music playing music, especially you go into a different thing. It's like an energy transfer. You're literally like sending sound waves through the air. And you are affecting the individual, so it's 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 crazy. There is literally electricity. It's it really is like an energy transfer, um, metaphorically speaking. You know, spiritually, whatever you could shoot that down, but it is a little bit of an energy transfer, whatever. But it was it was very cool to get the human side of things and to see what he was, you know, trying to go for, and what he was thinking, and his recording process, and how I, like, because I record and stuff like that, just, like, kind of talking shop almost, and comparing things, and seeing how he does things, and his learning process, because it's cool to just hear where other people have been, because you've, you, they've been where you've been, or you've been where they're, they've been, and so... There's just always a little bit of like common ground for everyone, but there's also places you know we haven't been, and you just kind of like talk about it and um, swap the ideas, and you see, you you get an idea for these places you haven't been. Um, little editor's note, by the way, um, this was my first interview ever. Uh, this is the first episode of Can You Colloquy. Um, you might have caught it on the Valencia College Radio, I sent it in there, um, there's a video version, um, yeah, I'm recording this a little bit prior to, to everything, so obviously, but, you know, to get up, to, to get a mind space of where I'm at right now, yeah, there's a little bit of a learning curve to this whole interview thing, you know, all celebration aside for the first episode, whatever, there's a little bit of a learning curve to the whole interview thing. There's a little there's a little thing happening, a little learning. And I discovered a kink in my process. Um I had a mic dropout. So my rig I rolled up with like an army of these old like beat up iPhones to record video with, um and to use as a, a mic phone. I keep all my old iPhones, by the way, that is what I do, I recycle them, I use them for various things, paperweights, uh, storage, I don't know, but I keep them, and they come in handy, and in this instance, one might have been a little too old, might have been a little bit too old, These probably shouldn't have, you know, been on the front lines and I learned that. So I used a little uh, Shure MV88 mic that plugs in iPhones. Uh, I, plugged, I, I used it with one of the three that I used, and I, I picked the oldest one because I wanted camera quality. Um, so I picked the two newer ones for my cameras, and I paid the price. But uh, the, the mic just, I guess, I severed the connection or something, and about two minutes in, after, like, about two minutes into the interview, it cut out, but, you know, I spent, like, five minutes, you know, tweaking the the control app settings, like, they have EQs on there, and you can change the polar pattern pickup, and they got, like, a compressor, it's really cool, you can use it for live streaming if you do Instagram live streaming, stuff like that, but I use this old phone with this mic, and I guess. I-, I scrubbed through the video, actually. I went back and scrubbed through the video to see what the heck happened. Sure enough, I, like, readjusted my hand and, like, the, the tip of my thumb, like, the little-, the little tip, the tiny little tip, the nub. The nub of my thumb brushed up against the mic. Broke the connection, I guess. And, uh, yeah. Checked the audio file. It was about two and a half minutes long. <laughs> I had to make one of the, the other camera like one of the other phone mics, audio work, so, long story short, the audio from here on out will be better, I've switched to a portable recorder, and like, an XLR input, and, um, uh, there will be no dropouts from here on out, and you'll be getting this sweet, sweet vibrations of a Shure uh, Beta 58, um, gracing your ears, so, yeah, the audio will be better during the interview section from here on out um at the end of the day though i got to sit down and have a relatively smooth conversation a very engaging interesting conversation for me i hope it is for you it's kind of like the whole thing i guess i hope you get something out of it too i had this really cool conversation with one of my favorite local acts in the world, ianmccool.org. They really are the coolest band. There's a lot of music of theirs to check out, I really hope you do. It's on all streaming platforms. It's uh, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, he's got a Bandcamp. You can download it all. Go support him. He's on Instagram, uh, Facebook, probably anything else. Just... I think he's even got his email listed on the Facebook page if you want to reach out. Uh, I'm sure on the Bandcamp too, but check him out. I'm not messing around. Check this dude out. He's really cool. Org. Enjoy the show. I'm here with ianmccool. dot org. One of my favorite Orlando acts. Really? Yeah. Oh. I, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, think I would be able to land such a, a hot interviews for my first interview, but yeah, I've got a lot of questions for you. I Facebook stalked you long enough. Uh, I Thank I think you. I can uh, really do you some justice. I hope I can get a decent story out of you. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> All right, so Ian. Um, you are the man, the project, the band leader, the producer, engineer. You take on all the responsibility of yourband.org. dot um, org. What drove you to take such a
1: DIY like approach to everything? Being broke, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just 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 being broken. Like I've 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 been in a bunch of numerous bands, like in high school and whatnot, and um, I just never really seemed to, to work that well um, with, with, I mean, with those people. I mean, I work well with other people. I've, I've learned the hard way with that. But um, I just kind of, like, you know, I got all set up here. I've got all the instruments. So I just figured, why not? Why not? The typical DIY
0: answer. Um, do you find joy? Do you, is What's the goal with the DIY thing besides being broke? What is there anything that you get out of it? Um,
1: I mean, nowadays... Personally, I, I think like it, it's it's good to support people who are you know producing music and you know working studios and whatnot. But I feel like a lot of people also are uh, can, can tend to be a bit hesitant to start recording on their own. And you know, I, I started basically just fiddling around with GarageBand and whatnot, and I still record on GarageBand. And um, you know, I, I just kind of. Feel like that that that's enough to get the point across. I don't need any kind of fancy bells and whistles mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I just kind of want to, you know, it, it's 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 just really really nice. So GarageBand, uh, that is surprising.
0: I was expecting mm-hmm. you to be a Pro Tools man. Uh, do you still like GarageBand? I mean, obviously you do, but you get such crisp recordings and production out of it. Uh, I was maybe even expecting Logic, uh, like the next level of GarageBand. Mm-hmm. Have you looked into?
1: upgrading anything like that at all or? I've thought about it. Um, I record on like a dinghy uh, mixer, Behringer mixer slash audio interface, uh, what have you. And I, it's it's worked for me and it works well with GarageBand and I've thought about using Logic or Ableton or Fruity Loops, whatever else is out there. But um, I, I've just used GarageBand so much that I kind of know how it works on the ins and outs of it, so I can I, I try to work with what I got, and also Pro Tools costs money, and Pro Tools does cost money. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've tried to, um, to to gain it for free, wink, and uh, it, it didn't it didn't work. <laughs> so
0: I got a copy of Logic Pro from a friend at work, so I've pretty much just learned. On a garbage like, out
1: of date like I think it's like four versions old.
0: Version of Logic, yeah.
1: Yeah, I um, I I started out using it was like Logic Pro nine. It's like on Logic Pro X or something like that now. And uh, I started on Logic Pro nine, and there was I was just overwhelmed. There were so many different options and things. I didn't even know what compression was at the time. I was just like. I just had the idea of just like a plug and play kind of thing, and that's what I do now. Just a plug and play, I I usually have just everything set up. My house is like chaos for like a month or two when I'm doing an album, and it's just plug and play, plug it in, play it, whatever, and yeah.
0: So I uh, did notice your gear here. You have the whole setup. The living room here is quite stacked with gear. it gets even worse than this when you're recording?
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, I've got all my cables up there and whatnot, and um, they they just kind of, it's like a spider web. I look like some big spider king kind of thing with all the, the, the black cables and everything all strewn around the house. And they'll, they'll sometimes go into the bedroom, they'll sometimes go in the bathroom uh, outside. And uh, so it's just, uh, it's a mess in here. And especially like, Because I I also have a nasty habit of, like, writing while I record. And uh, it's like, I think I have, I I just have a skeleton of a song. I'm like, wait, maybe if I do a couple more guitar tracks. Or wait, the oven kind of makes a really nice sound. And uh, so it's just things thrown all over the place. Have you ever put your guitar amp in the oven? Uh, I don't think it would fit, but there might be a way to turn the oven into a guitar amp.
0: sounds like an experiment to try out Uh, maybe if you get a little practice amp you could uh, stick it in there or something get some weird acoustics
1: probably i mean i have used the oven before as an instrument uh for noise and whatnot uh like more like percussive stuff i have one of those uh, you know the little slide out things under the oven and it's all filled with you know pans and cookie sheets and whatever and I just kind of pounded on that for a song so. interesting uh i noticed uh the reason why i
0: asked if you use it for noise particularly uh one of my favorite projects by you probably my favorite jester uh your first really yeah yeah that was
1: the first one
0: a lot of atmosphere on that record uh i noticed that you maybe not indirectly, but uh have a nice life kind of stuff like that Pr- post-punk that crushing atmosphere darkness I, on some of the First tracks like what? Prepare for hell and uh, time for hell. Time for hell. Um, and one of the last ones, disquietude. Mm. But I love a lot of the tones that you get on that record, and just uh, the context that it sets up for future dot org uh, projects. I think it's really polished for being such a first, you know, record and um, attempt at recording music, especially learning now. You use GarageBand. Thank That's you. incredible. Um, I just, I wanted to know how you get some of those sounds. I mean, some of those soundscapes were very scary, some of them were very dark, some of them were very layered. Uh, just, maybe an elven was
1: in there. Uh, surprisingly for Jester, um, it was all a sort of MIDI uh, controller that I used. And I just kind of used a lot of, I, I think that was the most like DI one. Cause at that time, like I didn't even have like a like a SM fifty seven microphone, sort of like the industry standard guitar microphone or whatever, and I just had a, a spray painted uh, Radio Shack microphone that I had had since high school, and that was all the vocals, and I recorded the drums on that one, which is why the drums kind of like have a bit of a. Flat sound, I guess. I just kind of hung it up from the ceiling and put it over the drum set, yeah. and uh, and it got the job done. But uh, but yeah, Jester was a it, it was very rough, and I wanted it to be kind of a, a nice jumping off point because there's a bit of like electronic stuff on it. There's some like punk sounding stuff. There's some noise elements, um, and ambient stuff and I kind of wanted just a, a decent, you know, 20, 30 minute platform. And you definitely
0: achieved that with Jester, released in 2016, correct? 2017. 2017.
1: Hmm. So .org started around what, 2016? 2016. I did my first EP, um, John's Room, in 2016 and then uh, kind of took a bit because it was kind of like songs that I had made from my previous project Fuzz Lightyear which was with my brother. It was like a (laughs) (laughs) a two-piece thing with my brother and um, and so I had some leftover songs from that and I didn't really quite know what I wanted to do and so with, with Jester, I, I did that. And so, so since then, it, I've been trying to do like two albums a year. I've noticed you
0: are quite prolific, reminding me sort of, of like Alex G, if you will. Uh, very eclectic, uh, going kind of all over the place. I've noticed with some of your recent releases, you're going more for With Curiosity and Accidents and um, A Week in the Nude. Week in the Nude. Yes, of course. Clever name. Uh, I noticed you went more post-punk and like Prague with that. I was getting Rush. I was getting Police. A little bit of uh, The Cure. Um, Hmm. What were some of the elements you were going for later? Uh, I noticed also you're gravitating more with the folk uh, elements. Acoustic guitar. um, If I am correct in my assumption. Mandolin. Mandolin and Guzang. Interesting. Um, Yeah, it's It's weird to see, and very pleasant, which is why I like .org so much out of all the local bands that I've seen so far, um, just to see your evolution. So what kind of drove you to this newer
1: sound? Basically, just uh, I'm kind of, I don't want to say settling in, but uh, getting more comfortable with what I think sounds good, I guess, Um, because it... It started off with like Jester and it had a lot of different elements. You know, there was some folk elements, there was some sort of like post punk stuff, there was some normal punk, there was some ambient stuff on there, and it was a lot crammed into twenty something minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Terminal was kind of a more larger jumping off point, which had a lot of stuff. And I, I just feel that I-, I also kind of feel like I suck with. Uh, keeping a, a straight sound with an album and uh and then i like got Deween a couple of years ago and i was like wait they didn't they never had a straight sound i was like oh, so i don't need one and uh, i i have sort of thematic elements to each album that i do and um but as of like right now i kind of i've kind of gotten into a little groove where i take less time to record it and i just kind of shove as much as i can in at that time so i don't get distracted by other sounds yeah distracted is a very uh interesting
0: term that you decided to use there i've noticed with writing you know some of my own projects that uh the more time you take with a project sometimes you do get distracted by listening to this new band you found on your recommended or something that your friend gave you um so what is your writing process like do you typically like to spend less time on a project um, do you do demos first and then record do you nail that perfect take like on the demo sessions or ha-
1: what is the writing kind of style and how has it progressed um, I, I don't do demos uh, I just uh, I, well I guess if you want to count like voice memos on my phone as a demo um, I, I I'll have like an acoustic song or something like that, or maybe like make a riff or whatever. And eventually they just kind of come into play and then I go, okay, well this kind of overall has this sort of thematic element to it. And a lot of it has uh, things to do with like what's going on in my life at that point in time as well, Mm -hmm. as far as like a a lyrical standpoint. And so when it, comes to the whole writing process it could be like oh i have the lyrics first or i have a melody first or i have you know a guitar riff first or whatever or I'm, i've been listening to the police or something like that and like oh well you know that that that'd be kind of fun to make that kind of sound and use flange and chorus and all <laughs> that stuff so it's just i i think the main point with me is that i just like to have fun i think music should be about having fun and uh, i guess Not necessarily getting a point across, but just having fun with what you're doing.
0: I think that's
1: uh, wise words to live by, especially when creating music.
0: Um, The world does not seem very fun uh, sometimes, so yeah, injecting that and worrying less about how you sound might uh, be why some of your recordings just have so much passion and emotion behind them. Really relate to a lot of what you're putting out there, the vibes and stuff. These projects, like I said, have been getting better and stuff like that. Um, Do you think world traveling has had any impact on your music? Do you incorporate uh, other cultures, um, maybe subconsciously, uh, maybe more directly? Do you attempt to incorporate places that you've been into your music? Uh, For instance, the Netherlands, I've seen you've been to uh, Japan. Uh, Have you been anywhere else and have these places played a part in how
1: you write music? Absolutely. Um, I I think that as an artist, it's important to travel. And I mean, a lot of the times it comes with a job. You kind of, you know, if you're touring or anything like that, but even in your free time, I think it's important to, you know, get out of a place of familiarity. And I, I make a point with each of my albums to have at least some kind of song that has some words or a title that's like in another language and uh that's kind of also been like a a a trend with my with all of my albums and i'm going to try to keep it up as well a lot of it you know is either like german or french or a lot of japanese influence into you know what i have but i mean traveling is also supposed to be fun and getting out of your comfort zone and so i think that helps you grow a lot as an artist because it's like what's the point in doing the same old song and dance over and over and making the same song about the same places and the same people and and then you kind of i i feel like you can get a bit like upset and can cause like a another breakthrough but who 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 knows but um i think traveling is just important to to us because we're nomadic humans are nomadic primates of
0: course yeah is there anywhere else that you've been that maybe might be kind of a surprise uh canada (laughs) canada yes (laughs) our northern neighbors gotta love canada um you Hmm. were missing your subscription to fangoria a horror magazine dedicated to all things horror film related makeup prosthetics oh
1: yeah um i did you, you did good, buddy. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I had a subscription to Fangoria for like two years or something like that when I was a kid. Um I was obsessed with horror and that was a that was a big uh, sort of theme for uh Speak of the Devil was horror related things, just nasty, um dirty. But the album kinda of came out a little clean sounding, there wasn't really much like noise aspect or any kind of like weird, freaky ooh kinda of sounds to it. But um Yeah, yeah, I I love horror and and
0: film. I noticed the giant Terminator uh, poster you have over there. Um, Is horror your favorite genre? I mean, based on the Fangoria account and whatever, uh, do you typically draw more inspiration from stuff like that and makeup and find more interest in it as opposed to what genres?
1: I think, I feel like internally, um, in the back of my mind, horror has always been there from the beginning, because I was sort of like, you know, being raised up on, like, Jaws, and even, like, watching Past, Passion of the Christ, when I was, like, eight years old, um, I somewhat consider that a horror film, because it's really yeah. grisly, and and watching things like that kind of, I guess, going back to the whole travel thing, brings you out of your comfort zone, and can really raise some sort of, you know, fight or flight, sort of responses and uh but but also like i'm keen to a really good drama yeah i think drama is really nice too um humans are complicated creatures so it's like horror is really good for the the bare bones and you can have a lot of really neat aspects to the horror genre especially as of late with like hereditary and the lighthouse and um a lot of those a24 films those are those are always like really nice to see and really refreshing because who wants to see annabelle and Saul over and over and over um but i, I would say good horror drama but i, I kind of like a little bit of everything
0: you know what i'm saying i noticed you mentioned a24 uh so when i saw you back in march i believe it was one of the last weeks before covid we played a show together Mm -hmm. um i noticed your bassist was wearing an uncut gems t-shirt um have you seen the film did you guys maybe watch the
1: film together uh did what did you think i i didn't see it till it got out on netflix but uh i really enjoyed uncut gems i i I think adam's Stanley should do a lot more serious stuff because this happy madison films are a bit it sticks
0: a little overplayed at this yeah. point same song and dance as you were saying earlier hi yeah well i did think that adam sandler was pretty good in that film uh it just kept me on the edge of my seat especially towards the end i mm. uh, so anx- anxiety inducing um uh, does anxiety really play a part in anything that you do music wise or pursuit wise life wise do you find yourself getting kind of caught up in day-to-day life trying to shake things up trying to avoid the same song and dance especially when it comes to music and expressing yourself absolutely
1: oh yeah uh well yeah is it crippling it's not debilitating Uh, okay it's pretty good syllable (laughs) use there well it can be but uh, i i well yeah anxiety is uh uh, it, it, it plays a role a lot. There's a lot of skittishness uh, to, to what I do at times, but uh, I, I feel like I've kind of perfected the art of faking it till you make it. It's like inside I feel like a car tire about to pop at all times, and but you just kind of play it cool because you can't get paid if you're anxious and jittery all the time. You know what I'm saying?
0: You cannot uh, fake it till you make it. I was taught that in high school drama. My theater teacher was very much uh, a subscriber to that form of thought. Uh, fake it till you make it. So if you're on stage, if you mess up, whatever the hell of the case may be. In life, if you mess up, you just gotta keep going. Um, uh, that kind of brings me to my next thing. You, you thought that it might not be in the cards for you to maybe have a career in music. Um, why is that? Well, like, is that something to do with the music industry? Maybe is it the scene of Florida,
1: Orlando? What is it? Um, I mean, I, I think that you know, especially I guess with the the whole virus that shall not be named thing, um, it kind of put a damper on a lot of things, and also. Um, I like to have a bit of a, a backup plan as well, and yeah, that also, I guess, kind of plays in the whole anxiety thing as well where it's like, you know, you see all these other acts and other bands and whatnot that, like, started and, you know, two years later they're making a full-blown career out of it, and and so I just kind of, I guess, put that out there uh, because it's like, I'm not placing my bets, but I'm... I have, like, not only with music, but like, there's a lot of different things that I, I also want to do. And so, you know, if, if the music thing works, then it works. If it doesn't, then, you know, there's other methods of enjoyment and productivity that, that I can utilize for a source of income. But I mean, I, I, I guess I'm an artist, so it's like I, I like, you know, building things and creating things and finding new ways to do things. So uh, I think it's very healthy to have a bunch of different sort of hobbies and uh, interests and uh, different ways of, uh, I guess since art is a form of communication, other ways to communicate with the world around you, I suppose. it's very clever. Um,
0: speaking of creating and having, you know, various fingers and various pies, mm-hmm. um, I've been seeing a lot of airplane. Uh, work on your social media and whatnot. So when did that start and like what got you into that? I'm super interested to see kind of how one becomes what an, an airplane mechanic
1: or? Um, it, it's kind of funny because uh, life has a way of coming around full circle um, and My one of my uh, sort of distant yet close cousins the uh, bloodline wise he Roscoe Turner, he was a, 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 an aviator and a, 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 a racing pilot and flew with a, like a, a, an actual lion and had a bunch of crazy stuff, and I was always, like, grown up around that sort of thing, even though, like, he died in the 70s or whatever, but, um, you know, my dad was, you know, a big fan and obviously family, and... I grew up watching a bunch of like Studio Ghibli films, and and Ghibli is an Italian airplane, motor, I think. It's a motor or an airplane. And um, so being around that and aviation, uh, kind of, I've always had an interest in it, and also with the whole fact of going places and traveling and whatnot, and it wasn't until uh, around March of this year, uh, uh, my my best friend, he, which I, I I played a lot of music with back in high school and whatnot. He uh, he recently became an air uh, an aircraft mechanic, and uh, so since being laid off or fired or whatever due to this virus, I've had a lot more free time to uh, go and help out and learn as much as I can. And um, I mean, if you can build an engine, you know, you can you can build a lot of other things. And so I I. I've, you know, I figured that that would be a really good thing to learn, whether it helps me or not, and I've got nothing else going on for me, so I've, I figured why not, and I've gotten into it. It's, it's been a lot of fun, and, and I've, I've learned a whole lot, and, and it's also helped improve my, wor- my work ethic. So
0: That's uh, kind of cool that you can draw so many things from, you know, something like that. Um, you were saying before we started recording, I believe your grandfather was in,
1: uh, involved with filmmaking? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, photography mainly. Um, he uh, he started photography back in the fifties, and uh, you know built his own studio and did that as uh, as a career up until the two thousands, and then he got uh, he, he got Alzheimer's and had a stroke and had Alzheimer's and uh, battled that for a while, and uh, so I mean course, he had to give up his career with with that, um, but but he had a he had a really nice touch. He was he was very good at it, and growing up around that, it's like my whole family has been just uh, like workers and artists, just craftsmen essentially, yeah. and uh, so so I guess growing up around that uh, really sort of steered me into this direction and. And my album, Terminal, was pretty much uh, influenced and dedicated to, to my grandfather mm-hmm. for, for just the whole dementia thing, because that, that stuff scares the shit out of me.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, it's a very um, scary thing because it's it starts to warp your reality. You can't quite know what's going on. You don't know what to believe anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, so did you incorporate a lot of those themes into Terminal?
1: Yes. Um, Terminal is a, a, a concept album about uh, a character, male or female, you or I, whoever, um, uh, gets diagnosed with the something wrong with the brain and just the whole deterioration and being on different kinds of medicine um, and you know d- dealing with other people and. It's a really tough time, and I guess that album was just sort of like my way of uh, connecting and grieving. Uh, because when it, when, it, when, he, when he passed, uh, I, I didn't really have too much time or uh, to grieve or anything like that. And that album just kind of helped me to solidify that and in a way get closer. And I, I, I remember, you know, he, he would come up with these like wild fantasies. Uh, later on, and and you know dementia and whatnot, and uh, so that kind of influenced the later half of the album, where you know the character thinks he's you know Captain Hook, he thinks he's an alien, he thinks he's you know this that and the other on a journey to find the Ark in Stone, which is the Hobbit kind of thing, and uh, so I kind of utilized that to really kind of run rampant with. You know, not only things that I liked, but um, I guess how that pans out or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely tell you're going kind of with that,
0: with what, the 12-ish minute track, second-to-last track on that record, all over the place from highs and lows <laughs> and starting out very ambient and soft-spoken to like almost, not black metal-ish, but very hard, Crushing percussion mm-hmm. of like this towards the end and then right back to the resolution and then into your quiet outro to the album I thought it was really a cohesive album and definitely a really good end despite having that weird element of um, kind of going off on tangents like we're yeah. doing here and you know losing yourself mm-hmm. um, thank you of course of course but um, do you have any plans for .org in the future are you, you yeah. I know you're writing more stuff obviously you always are but um uh with covid and everything pardon me the virus <laughs> that should not be named yet <laughs> so what are your future plans with uh dot org just to kind of keep expressing yourself and writing new music i guess
1: yeah uh, i mean i'm i'm gonna be making music to the day i die whether people like it or not um i feel like i'm always gonna like it it's always gonna reflect whatever's going on in my life at that point in time and uh, I, I can't stop doing it. If I, if I stop doing it, I get real bummed out, and uh, I kind of lose track and go into a weird identity crisis. And, um, of course, you know, Sean and Patrick, we're, we're buds, and we're always going to be, I mean, hopefully we'll be the first to, to jump on as soon as shows start back and whatnot. And uh, so I, I feel like it, the future is going to be fun. There's, there's still a lot of hope, yeah. and I, I think that... The, the world needs a bit of hope and to realize it's not all bad. Well, that's definitely
0: a great note to end on. I think we should all remain positive. Um, and keep channeling that into.org on future projects. It can only get better from here. Ian Nicole.org. It was a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Thank you.
0: Hello, once again, I hope you enjoyed the show. It's been great. I had fun. I think Ian had fun. I hope you had fun. Um, that was the show. That was the first episode. Little applause break. Get a little closer. Okay, that's enough applause. That's it. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, that was the show. First episode. Can you colloquy? That's how you say it. Colloquy. Can you colloquy? Um, it's a noun. It's like. It's like high end. It's like hi- like high-end conversation. Dialogue, if you will. Expand your, ca- your, ugh. Uh, expand your vocabulary and don't trip over the words like I do all of the time. All the time. I'm surprised I got through that whole thing without stuttering as much as I thought I was going to. Let's see if I can finish this without studying anymore. Studying? studying it's close it's close i'll give you that but it's not it's not stuttering <sighs> right when i thought i had it you ever think you you ever think you just you know you have it then you just fall flat on your face in front of all your friends you were trying to do something you were going to look cool, but now you just look like, a, you look like a complete fool. You fall straight on your face. Someone cracks an egg over the back of your head. <laughs> Kick you while you're dead. Anyway, so that was the show. First episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Tell your friends about it. You know, I, I didn't really get into the old local music thing until after, until after high school. I went to a couple local shows in high school. But I, I didn't really know anyone in the know. Now you can be in the know. You can be the friend. You're going to be hip. You're going to be a hip, kid. You're going to go out there and you're going to tell all your friends. You're going to tell them about all the awesome local music! And apparently the shows are opening back up. Shows are opening back up. No guy who went to a show at Grumpy's last week. So, yeah. Shows are opening back up. Get Find some new bands Start looking for shows Support them Shoot them a couple bucks You know the recording process It's challenging It's a lot of pressure If it turns out good hey they nailed it Show them some love Go to a show You know listen to their music There's a lot of, there's a lot of good music out there now I'm bringing it to you. There's other people bringing it to you too. There's all sorts of of these things bringing you uh, the tunes. So uh, yeah, check it out. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Um, tell your friends about it. I'm having a blast doing it. I've got more episodes lined up and ready to go. I believe the Dancing Bones are next. Super cool dudes. Um, grungy stuff, if you're into grungy stuff, Nirvana, all that type of Sonic Youth, nonsense, (laughs) mumbo-jumbo, noise stuff, check them out, Dancing Bones, uh, they're the next episode, um, and after that I think it's like the amphetamines, and you got a couple more, a lot of cool guys around here, it's really cool to be meeting them, uh, after shows you just, you physically can't talk, if you're at Uncle Lou's, the drums are like, they're right here. They're right here. They're right up close to you. They're right there. Right. They're so close. Whenever the drummer hits the cymbals, you get wood shards in your eyes. You literally get drumstick shards. That's how close it is. They're hitting. and it's, There's flecks of wood being distributed throughout the ob- audience. So you just you can't talk it's loud you're physically defeated Adam dive shows uh we would go pretty hard so i know a lot of bands do that they, they just go hard they give it all for the performance and then after that you're just kind of gas so it's hard to talk to friends and uh other bands and stuff like that after shows especially if you're not even playing shows together so it's cool to like reconnect with some of these people that i only played with once or twice um so, it it's, it's nice. It, you're making friends. You're making music. You're making friends. It's all hand in hand. Stay connected. Make friends. Show some love to your friends, you know? Spread the positivity. Spread the hope. Because without hope, what is there, you know? Not to get all philosophical, but, you know, follow the show go check out org he's got like a bajillion albums and they're all they're all fantastic they only get better. I am a sucker for the first one but uh they only they get better His recordings on the last album were so crisp they were so clean like I was not i don't know uh It's so cool to know that he just, yeah, he did it all, you know? I I have mad respect for DIY artists. Anybody who does, like, the multi-instrument thing, they do the recording thing, they do it on their terms. That's the shit. That is where it's at. Mad respect to anyone who does that type of thing. I don't know why. Um, I guess because it's just so much more work. I know what it's like to do it, too. It's hard. It's time-consuming. It's stressful. To be the producer, engineer, brains, talent. Uh, all at once, constantly checking yourself. I could only imagine how hard this guy is on himself. Dot org. Ian McCool. Ian McEwen. You know, I'm going to be real. I didn't know what the... I I reached out, I think... I reached out and said Ian McCool. And then I did some more digging, and then I realized it's McEwen... And I was like, well, I like McCool. I see it. Like, it's on its thing. It's it's pretty cool, pretty cool uh, name, literally. But check him out. Ian McEwen. Super cool guy. Super cool artist. Super talented artist. Uh, a lot of material out there. Check him out. Support him. Follow him on everything. You can email him. <laughs> don't email him. Please don't blow up the emails. I don't want to be the cause of that do it do it do it do it um can you colloquy i'll see you next time